So everybody right now, please welcome. Welcome to the Sports Fantasies Podcast, where we break down rankings, projections. Well, hello there. Welcome to the show, everyone. Do you love fantasy sports? And going off the beaten path? Well, then this is a show for you. Oh, yeah. Sports Fantasy with Miller and McCarty. Welcome back, Sports Fantasy with Miller and McCarty, episode sixty-nine. I was real excited about that <laughs> show. Thought for sure told, we were going to get some plays. I told about Miller. I told Miller to be on his best behavior tonight. All the yes, sound clips I've, he wants to play. I said, listen, sir, family friendly over here. My three-second Billy Madison sound clip got yanked right before showtime. <laughs> we said, that if it, said if it was played, it would not make air. The whole episode might not make air. So here we are. <laughs> episode 69, Soissant Neuf, for you Frenchman listening. Ooh, I like that. Good. Um, nice work there. Here we go. Headlines abound. McCarty, start us off. I, I know where you're going here. Oh, we got to start. Starting. We got to start with one of the greatest college football games I've ever seen. Bama, UT. UT gets the win finally over Bama, 52-49. I know we were texting a little bit. I was watching Skyping, uh, watching it on Skype with LTG. Just what, we're not mentioning what a his game. name. We're not mentioning his name anymore. I'm leaving this set. Fair enough. Uh, what a what a game! Uh, Tennessee still has no defense, but finally has an offense that can hang with Bama. Um, Hendon Hooker uh, has been amazing this year at quarterback, and all of a sudden Tennessee has a, a shot outside shot still at uh, making the college playoff final. Of course, they got to do this for a whole season, but so far so good. I really like the coach they have there. Um... His first name's Josh, I believe, right? He was a quarterback in Oklahoma. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure where, but yeah, that. Um, yeah, he uh, he seems to be putting together a program there. Um, at least on offense, uh, if they can, if their defense catches up at all, they're going to be able to compete in the SEC for for quite a while. Uh, offensively, though, I think they have a shot to, you know, obviously play anyone. They beat Bama today, so. Um, well, you 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 beat Bama, and of course, on their side of the SEC is Georgia. That's their other big game mm-hmm. this year. Uh, but I, if you run the table and you only lose to Georgia, and let's say Georgia plays Alabama in the SEC championship game, championship game, and Georgia wins, there's a chance they don't go to the SEC championship game, but still have a uh, get into the playoffs, the playoffs there. Because yeah. that would give if Georgia won that, they'd give Bama two losses, including a loss to Tennessee. But you know, a long season. Uh, Tennessee could easily come out in a couple of weeks and lose to Kentucky, you know, yeah. so a long ways to go. Yeah. So I told you before we came on there, I was actually listening to the game on the radio. I was taking my son home and, and coming back. Uh, so I was listening to the game on the radio. And when Tennessee fumbled the ball and Alabama scored to go 49-42, I said, oh, there's the Tennessee we all know and love. And <laughs> yeah, that was, that was brutal. I'll be quite honest. I thought the game was over. And then, of course, listening on the radio, there was the interception that ended up getting called back because of defensive pass interference. But 
when that happened, I was like, yep, it, it, this is this is no different than the Tennessee team we've seen the last 15 tries against Bama. Yeah, and but, look, and I at the end of the game, that last drive, uh, Alabama was going down, and they had it first and 10 uh, around the 30, I think they had it on the 33, 35, something like that, when they were with, mm-hmm. you know, 40 seconds, under a minute to go. And they threw the ball three times. And I told Luke, uh, you know, if I, I get that, it, you know, you want to get as close as possible in, in college just because the kickers, a 50-yard for a college kicker is, is not a gimme by any means. And so I get why they were throwing and trying to get it closer and closer. But it was also the type of game I told Luke, I said, hey, if I'm then I'm running a couple times, I, I want to kick the ball with zero seconds on the clock. So if we miss mm-hmm. it, we miss it. Because 20 seconds left, they missed that kick. Tennessee gets the ball at the 40. That's plenty of time, the way their offense is working. To, they had two timeouts, and that's exactly what happened, right? They missed the kick, a uh, couple 20-yard gains by Tennessee, and all of a sudden they're kicking a game-winning field goal. So that's you, you never question uh, Saban, you know, because he's the man. But I question that a little bit there in the last drop. Yeah. It, it, again, I was listening to the radio, and I was listening to the Tennessee uh, broadcast. That's what was on ESPNU. And they were saying that the reason Bama kept throwing the ball is because Tennessee was blitzing and leaving no safety help over. So they were trying to catch a quick hitter to score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bama had all three of their timeouts, so they easily could have ran and chose when to take those timeouts. And and they and they were running the ball got, with ease. They yeah. were running the ball with ease. And and probably know. got eight to ten yards closer. Uh, although that was the he is now three for four on the season of fifty plus yard field goals. It wasn't his first miss on the year, but it's his first one at 50-plus. So a, a pretty exciting game. I, I am not a UT fan like you and Luke obviously have some allegiance to them, but I uh, I like when Bama gets beat, and I was excited for you guys for sure. Yes, sir. All right. My first headline is actually a headline I think that uh, most years would probably be on your radar, if not for this Tennessee success. Uh, number 18, Syracuse, defeats number 15, NC State, to move to 6-0. and mm-hmm. um, First time in a long time, I remember Syracuse being in the top 20. Uh, first time ever, I remember them being 6-0. and I don't even know if they were 6-0 when McNabb was there, to be quite honest. Um, and if they yeah, were, that was one in the 90s. So, <laughs> Yeah, and they've beat a couple top 25 teams now they after have. NC State. Uh, yeah, they look good. They've got a pretty good – they don't score a ton of points. They've got a pretty good defense. Of course, they haven't had a really hard schedule. Again, a couple of top twenty-five teams, but um, of course, they're going to have the. They'll have to beat Clemson, you know, at some point. That's which is possible. I mean, Clemson is a lot better this year than they were last year. I think they're ranked number four right now. Uh, but yeah, it's good to see. It's definitely good for the program to see them up in the top twenty. Houston scored, huh? Did they? Yeah, it's one nothing in the top of the 18th, one out. God, first L.A. and San Diego finally started. Yeah. There, the Yankees and Guardians might finish before Houston and Seattle. <laughs> That's crazy. It's 18 innings. I think it's the longest postseason game, or at least the long, was the longest scoreless postseason game at one point. LSU beat Florida 42-35. Who were you just talking about? Clemson. Clemson pulled away from Florida State. That game was close for quite a while. It's 34-14 now, though, going into the fourth. Um. Yeah, I mean, do I think Syracuse beats Clemson? No. Although if that game's in Syracuse, maybe. I know they, they played them tough in Syracuse a couple of times over the last few years, even when Clemson yeah. was number one in the nation. If it's in Clemson, yeah. I don't like Syracuse's chances chance much. But uh, what was your next headline? 
I've just got one more, and it was uh, Devonte Adams. If you, if, I'm sure you've seen the where he pushes the cameraman mm-hmm. after last week's game, heading off into the tunnel. I think after the game, it was actually charged with an assault. Mm-hmm. I know there was there, there was misdemeanor assault. Yeah, and there was a civil um, a lawsuit filed, but then he was also charged with a uh, just really like a citation. I don't think he was arrested or anything, but charged with a misdemeanor assault. What are your thoughts on that? My, if you want my honest thoughts on it, um, did he assault a man? Sure. Uh, was it in the heat of the moment? Sure. What do I think it's all about? I think the guy wants to get paid. I think that's why the, the, the civil suit was placed. Um, the other, my next question though, and I don't want to get into this too far because we don't want this show to become too controversial, but <laughs> if he gets suspended at all, I'm going to have a really big issue with it. Because you got Alvin Kamara down there in New Orleans playing. Yeah. After allegedly beating a man, you know, within a couple of inches they, of his life. And they just released those pictures too. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. And he's still playing. And you got Devontae Adams running off the field. The reporter gets it, a cameraman gets in his way. He doesn't even really fully extend his arms, just basically runs he, into him. Guy falls he, he, guy falls over and now he's he has an assault charge and he potentially is going to get suspended by the NFL. I mean, it would be laughable, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, like you said, there's if somebody was assaulted, somebody was assaulted. I, you know, and there's, I'd have no idea. Maybe he sustained an injury. I really have no idea if anything happened. From the looks, from what you can see, it looks like he barely puts a, touches him, and the guy, you know, takes the soccer, soccer fall back. And um, yeah, I don't know. To me, it's just I feel like, look, if you're a cameraman, I, not that the cameraman deserved to be assaulted or hit in any way, but you're going to, a camera up in people's faces that are coming off the field that just lost, you might get shoved once in a while. I mean, right. Right? Yeah, I, mean it, it, I think that kind of comes with the territory, to be quite honest. Um, That's all I got. Uh, my next headline was going to talk about baseball, but then I realized we're doing a postseason kind of snippet down in our baseball section, so I'll skip that. I only have one other headline. Uh, I don't know if you saw this today with all the other stuff going on, but the Golden State Warriors opened up their their their, their uh, checkbook today. They gave um, Poole and Wiggins each four years and over a hundred million dollars. Um, and I found this interesting. I think it's very telling. I think Draymond Green is about done in Golden State. Uh, sounds yeah, sounds like it. Uh, I mean, with both those guys getting paid, Draymond not getting paid, and of course Draymond recently. Destroying pool. Yes, yes. Now that's an assault. <laughs> practice. Although pool did shove him first, so I guess it was more self defense. But that's another story for another day. <laughs> but uh, I found it interesting because I think that's the warrior saying, "All right, we're going to go with a, a smaller group of guys, younger group of guys, and it looks like this could be Draymond's last last stand. It also could be the end of Clay." Uh, depending on where his contract situation is. Well, seems like a whole lot of money for those two players, but it's the NBA and they pay people a lot of money. So uh, Wiggins was a key player for sure in their postseason run last year. Poole was uh, too. Um, yeah, he, yeah. Uh, and, and I think Poole has a ton of potential. Of course, potential is a scary word. Wiggins was the number one pick in the draft at one point, correct? So, Yeah, Wiggins has never became what – 
a one one should become, but he's had a, a good career as a good role player and you know should be starting probably on that Warriors team and give some good minutes. Yeah, he's he's not gonna be the guy that goes out there and gets you thirty points a night, but he does a lot of everything and he does it well. Yeah. So those were my headlines. I don't know if you had anything else, but that's kind nope. of where I was at. That's it. That's it. That's All it. All right. Well, let's get into kiss or kick. Anything kiss or kick here. Be off the beaten path. What's your first one, sir? We'll go back and forth here like ping pong. All right. I, I went off the beaten path for sure here. I'm going with some fast food wars, uh, even though we're not eating fast food anymore on our because we're so good about our diets. Um, but if you're at McDonald's, kiss or kick. Big Mac over chicken nuggets. Oh, um, no. <laughs> did, did you know chicken nuggets? You can eat four of those. It's only 110 calories. Now, I'm not going to get into what the fat. Uh, yeah, there's some other there. things going on there. But but, but you, you can't get away with eating a four-piece nugget with some barbecue sauce and, and not kill your diet. Not that I've done that very many times. I'm not a big McDonald's fan. Uh, I was never a big a very big Mc, big Mac fan anyways. So I would definitely take uh, the chicken nuggets. And I'm I think with, the chicken nuggets are safe. I'm I'm with you. I'd go chicken nuggets. And like you said, I'd actually, usually if we got burgers from McDonald's, it was on like the 39 cent cheeseburger night or whatever. Mm -hmm. We got got one of those. But but you're not telling me that you're like, who's only eating four chicken nuggets? I mean. What? Um, I can tell you since I've been on this diet, I've eaten four chicken nuggets three times because my son loves McDonald's. So I'll take him there. He'll get a 20 piece and some fries and a drink and he houses all of it, uh, much like we did when we were 12. But uh, so I'll get a four piece just to time me over until I get home and I can actually eat something that <laughs> is on my, my approved diet. Okay. Okay. I like it. I like it. All right. Uh, my, my first one, I guess, since you just went uh, fast food, I'm, I did have one food one on here. Kiss or kick? Fries over tater tots? I'm going... I'm going to kick. However, I mean, there's so many different types of fries. But we're just talking like if I'm like frozen grocery store fries versus frozen tater tots. I like tater tots. I like the uh, crispness of the tater tots, the little, the little pieces of potato in there. Uh, but if you give me like some fries from a good um like sub place where they're like the hand cut deep mm -hmm. fried fries with some malt vinegar i'll take that all day over some tater tots uh, yeah i was thinking of more the first first scenario where you go frozen versus frozen uh, the only fry i would take over tater tots frozen if i'm making them are curly fries because i'm gonna crisp both of those quite well and or I, like the... I love curly fries or like, you know, if you give me some Little Italy's seasoned fries, I'll take those all day with some hot sauce over. Yeah. Well, I, well, that's the key to any of this. I don't eat anything pretty much without hot sauce. So uh, even though the potato does cut the hot sauce quite a bit. But I digress. I only threw that one on here for fun. And you started with food, so I went my food one first. My other two are basically just uh, along the same lines I've been doing most of these weeks. So what's your next one? Next up, we're heading on over down the road to Burger King. If you're at Burger King, you go on Kiss or Kick Whopper over the chicken sandwich, the original chicken sandwich. <laughs> that's a, I know it's a, it's a softball. Um, funny story. 
So I haven't eaten much fast food since I've been on this diet. If I have, it's been uh, the breakfast baconator from Wendy's on softball tournament days. I break my diet on softball tournament days for many reasons, mostly because I got to soak up all the water I'm going to be drinking. Um, but on Sundays, I do the grocery shopping most times. And Saturday nights, I tend to drink a lot of water. And so to help cut that water, I like to eat some greasy foods on Sundays. Uh, Sunday for lunch, and every once in a while, I'll spoil myself to an original chicken sandwich from BK <laughs> with some of that buffalo sauce on the top. So, so, so I don't know. It's the it's the long weird chicken patty. It's the bun. It's the mayonnaise on there. Is so good for some reason. I love those sandwiches. It's, yeah, it, me too. It's it's one of my favorite fast food chicken sandwiches. Uh, it, it doesn't come close to Chick Fil A, but um, it, it definitely. It definitely is. It's a go-to if I need something greasy. And everyone else wrong on Sundays, I need something greasy. I like it. All right, my next one. Kiss or kick? Miller or McCarty beating LTG and Blades in a game of sports Jeopardy. LTG and Blades? This is serious? Me and you? Yep. Oh, come on. I mean, it's, that's not even close. I don't know. Uh, I mean, we're just going to let that roll. I that's how good it's. <laughs> I, I don't think it would be close. Now, I don't think it would be either. Oops. I didn't mean to keep going with it. All right. Let's get that over. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know what the categories are. Unless unless Sports Jeopardy in every category is minor league hockey, <laughs> then we should have a good chance, uh, I feel like. And if it is minor league hockey, is Blades every answer going to be Aaron Blades? Might be. Aaron Blades or who's the uh that one defender? Oh that he that he loves to, to, to talk down on. <laughs> yeah. If he was here he could tell us he didn't show up though, so never mind Blades. Never mind it. All right, last one then for me. I'm gonna give you it's a showdown now. Kiss or kick chicken nuggets over the BK original chicken sandwich. We're talking specifically oh McDonald's chicken nuggets, correct? Correct. correct okay, yes. now I'm taking the original chicken sandwich over the McDonald's chicken nuggets. That's a close one to me. It, it is for me too. And but there, and there is one chicken nugget I would take over the original chicken sandwich. Uh, that is the spicy nugget from Wendy's. Well, those are good. Uh, they are very good. You can eat those with or without sauce, which I, I like. Um but the original chicken sandwich is just, uh, it's, it's, it's the original, man. And I was a big BK kid growing up. I loved BK over McDonald's. And, you know, I mean, the, McDon the McDonald's nuggets have a place, but I can at least eat the original chicken sandwich and be full, where I could eat 20 nuggets and probably not be full. Tell you what, BK gets a bad, a bad rap, but I'll take a BK burger over McDonald's burger any day, too. What's funny is I don't get burgers from fast food restaurants very often, even before I couldn't really eat beef. Um, I've always been a chicken guy. Like I go to Burger King, get the original chicken. I go to McDonald's, they used to have a crispy chicken. I go to Wendy's, it's always the spicy Asiago or spicy Asiago ranch, you know, uh -huh. chicken sandwich. It, it's always chicken for me. I didn't typically, but before, like I said, before I stopped 
eating fast food, I was a big fan of the Burger King would always have the two for five, and I'd get the chicken sandwich and a Whopper. What a combo. Dynamic I'll, duo. I'll be quite honest. I just got <laughs> two chicken sandwiches when I did that. Always going for it. Doubling down. Always. All right. My last one. I had a little fun with this one as well. Kiss or kick. McCarty having more success on Wipeout than American Gladiators. More success on Wipeout. And we're talking now, like at age... Yep, at age 42 or whatever it is over there. 41, sir. Come on. Come on. Uh, I'll, I'll be 40 in less than a month, so... Um, I don't... I mean, I know Wipeout. I certainly don't know it as well as Gladiators, but I, I know the concept. That's tough. I, you know what? Which one am I kissing? Or kicking? Uh, Which is first? More success on Wipeout. Okay. No, you know what? I think I could go on Gladiators and own it. At 41, <laughs> just tossing people around. I'll be honest. <laughs> I don't disagree with you. And, and here's why. Wipe, because Wipeout's a lot of... It's like running around and agility. And I'll be honest, I think I'd still have more success on gladiators as well. Uh, I don't know that I'd hold up against, you know, some of those, you know, even if I was going against the girl gladiators like Viper or Sky, but uh, I would try. But like, I mean, the. Viper, I'm breaking my ankle. The end of the gladiator thing where you go do that whole little obstacle course i mean that would be a disaster that would be a nightmare i wouldn't be able to make it up the rope thing or the first steps you know that little thing you got to go up but i feel there's one competition i think i could do and do well and that's the one where they're up in the corner shooting like tennis balls at you and you gotta try and hit the hit the thing that's the only one i think i could maybe beat them at. we used to we used to mimic that all the time um that was a fun, uh, the Nintendo Gladiators yeah, game. That, that was, was always really my, fun game. my favorite event. How long do you think it would take you to prepare to get ready for American Gladiators to have an actual shot? <laughs> Come on, to have an actual shot? Years. I mean, what are you kidding? Like, way too long. If the, I would prize, need if the prize is a million dollars and you had to beat myself, LTG, and Blades, how long do you need? I still need some time. Ninety days. Blades, Blades is young, young compared to us. Oh, we're uh, getting, you, we're ganging up on Blades one hundred percent. You're you're more active than me. I don't like my chances against you. I don't like them against Blades. Uh, but if yeah, if, if you and I are, if we're basically teaming up on Blades, so it's us two with the final shot, then at least I got you know at least I'm in the finals. But no. I would need some time six six to twelve months. So ninety days isn't enough. And it's no six to twelve months, and that's with me doing like full everyday workouts and you doing nothing. And then <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, you what. I'll tell you. What, I'll give you six months, and I will. I won't work out the first three. Okay, I mean, really, you could give me three years. I'm not going to work out. I'm not going to put any time into it, so it doesn't matter. Not, not, not even for a million dollars, though. No, probably not. It seems like a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) All right, moving on. I love it. Moving right on. Here we are during the pickle, episode 69, Sportsmasters of Miller McCarty. Odds are three we love, two we hate. Why don't you give me the three you love? All right, three I love. I went all NFL um, odds here for this weekend. I know the Giants are four and one, but I don't trust it. I like the Ravens at minus five and a half here. My number two, 
Bengals minus two versus the Saints. I don't think this one's really close. I think the Bengals roll pretty easy. And then the last, my first one, uh, I know they've been struggling, but the Cardinals minus two and a half versus the Seahawks. I like that a lot. This is interesting. We have some disagreements this week, which is always fun. We do agree on one line over three. So I didn't have my phone when I was doing my research, so I just used the ESPN numbers. So it was Cincy minus two and a half versus the Saints. Uh, Minus two, obviously, I like even more, but I actually love that. Uh, My number two, Dallas plus six and a half versus Philly. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if Dallas wins that game. I think Philly's going to win, but I think it's going to be close. I could see that easily going to overtime. And so if it goes to overtime and Philly scores a touchdown, it's only going to be a six-point game because they don't need the extra point. So I I like Dallas being able to cover the six and a half. At least that was the number I got. And my number one is the Chargers minus four and a half versus Denver on Monday night. Uh, Denver in primetime has looked very, very bad. I think they're 0-3 in primetime and 2-0 in, in the other games. <laughs> so, struggling. Uh, so I, I like the Chargers in primetime on, on Monday night at minus 4.5. What are the two okay. that you don't like or hate in my case? Two that I don't like. The first one is Bills minus 2.5 at the Chiefs. Now, I think the Bills can certainly cover that. The reason I don't like it is because – Bill's got to earn that. Uh, look, the Bill's got to earn being the favorite at the Chiefs. They haven't won there yet. So I just don't like that Vegas is putting it out sure. there. We should be two-and-a-half-point hey, underdogs. Excuse me, sir. Uh, we won there last October. That was the game that Trey White got hurt in, and we won. So don't Oh, this cr- is true. We did. Okay. But it still, was a regular season just like this. It's fine. We lost, we lost the last one. That's what that's what matters. It's, we've lost the last two that mattered in, in, in the playoffs. You are correct. And my first one, the one that I just – I don't like it on either side. I want to stay away from it. It's Packers plus 7.5 versus the Jets. I could just – I could see the Packers winning by two touchdowns all day long and then last drive in garbage time, the Jets get a field goal or a touchdown to get it back within seven, you know, something yeah, like yeah, that. I, um, I, I agree. I didn't put that one on here. Um, so the two that I don't like you actually had on your like list. Uh, Baltimore minus five and a half versus the Giants. I think Baltimore's the better team. I think they win the game, but I think it's going to be close. Five and a half is a decent number. The Giants have played all close it, games. It could be. It'll be a test um, for the Giants. I mean, to see if they're really legit or not. And uh, the second one is Arizona minus two and a half going to Seattle. Uh, something about going to Seattle. Arizona hasn't looked great. That's they're, terrible. They're, they're they're still down D Hop. Um, they're they're down their their top two running backs. Who needs them? Um, so I, I I think Arizona wins. I think they probably win by more than two and a half, but I don't love it. So I put it on the other side. Uh, I, I wouldn't spend any pickles on it. So Fair enough. All right. That wraps up the pickle for us. We'll be back after these messages with segment one, talking some football. Touchdown! Rankings and kiss or kick before we jump into off the beaten path. 
McCarty, let's stop with our, start with our top three matchups. Why don't you give me three, and we'll go ping pong style here, back and forth. All right, first one, my number three was Broncos at Chargers. I'm not ex- as, as excited as I would have been before the season started just because the Broncos don't look that great, but I think it's still a big division game, and it's Herbert versus Wilson, and that's my three. Uh, all right, so – I considered that game, but the way Wilson's looked in prime time, I, I went away from it. Uh, so I went Baltimore and the New Jersey Giants here. I, I'm, I'm more curious about this game than anything. I mean, if the Giants win, they go to 5-1 and one and are going to be in either tied for a three-way tie for first place with Dallas and Philly, or they're going to be in second place by themselves if Philly beats Dallas. So I, I'm at least curious to see what happens here. Ryan Dable has the offense looking okay. I'm not saying they're like a juggernaut like the Bills were, but Barkley looks good out right now. If he stays healthy, I, I think they have a chance to at least be a little relevant throughout the year. Yeah, I still don't I'm still don't know what to make out of Daniel Jones yet. He they're getting wins. He's kind of doing what he does. He runs around a lot, but doesn't offer a whole lot else. But at the same time, his number one wide receiver is Richie James. So, you know, it's just – it's hard to ever figure out if he's legit or not. I mean, at this point, though, if you're the Giants and you're 4-1, I mean, obviously you've proven you can win games. So aren't you really just counting on Daniel Jones not to lose games? Sure. But they got to get him some help at wide receiver. I mean, what happened to Kenny Galladay? How did he fall off so far in two years? He lost Matthew Stafford. I suppose. I mean – that's the only answer I have for you, man. What's your number two? Number two, I, I suspect our 2-1 and one are going to be the same, but it's Dallas at Philly, uh, the 5-0 and o Eags hosting Dallas, big division game. That's number two. That's my number two as well. Uh, I hesitate to put it here a little bit because it sounds like it's going to be uh, our boy Cooper Rush uh, again for, for Dallas. Although Cooper just keeps winning. Undefeated. He's he's yet to lose as the Dallas starting quarterback. 4-0 this year and uh, 1-0 last year, so he's 5-0 on his career. Um, So you got the 5-0 Cooper Rush versus the 5-0 Philadelphia Eagles uh, in Philly on a Sunday night. It should be a fun fun atmosphere, a fun game to watch, so I'm curious to see how it goes down. You can go ahead. I mean, we all know the number one game of the week. Oh, yeah. I mean, the number one game is is, is – the rematch from the last two years, it's Buffalo, it's Kansas City, uh, quite possibly the two best teams in the NFL, uh, squaring off on what should be a Sunday or Monday night game. But here we are, you know, ha- having the Bills Chiefs on Sunday afternoon at 425. So I'm curious to see how this game plays out. The Chiefs are coming off a short week, which is at least some part of the reason why they're probably an underdog at home. Not to mention the Bills that beat them last year in a regular season there, but the Bills having full rest and are going to be the healthiest they've been this year, uh, including week one. Uh, it sounds like uh, the Trey, of course, isn't going to be playing still. They did activate him onto the active roster, but he's still uh, two weeks away from playing, it sounds like. And Micah Hyatt, of course, is out for the year, but it sounds like every other defensive starter is going to be playing in this game. And it sounds like most of the relevant offensive players are also going to be starting this game. They should win at the end of the day, right? I mean, no Tyreek Hill. 
anymore on the Chiefs. Their running game is is as non-existent as the Bills. Um, I, none of the receivers scare you like Hill did. Kelsey, what he had four touchdowns last week. I mean, they just throw the ball to Kelsey, so you got to figure out a way to stop that, which is probably impossible. Um, With Poyer playing that helps him. That is a place where not having Hyde could hurt us because Hyde a lot of times would match up on the other team's tight end. Yeah, so it will be interesting to see. I'm interested to see it from the the running game perspective. Does either team have a running back with more than ten carries? I doubt it. Uh, you know, how quickly does each team abandon that? Or are you going to see some check downs with Singletary or CEH getting some catches out of the backfield? And no matter what, it's going to be a good game. It always is. But even more so than last year, the Bills are the better roster. I I agree. Um, the one thing that scares me is the Chiefs have Mahomes. Um yeah. And, which, which is why they'll never be out of it. I, you know, it's that's why they'll be, yeah, end up I mean, being a good game. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like you know the Brady factor. You know, when the Patriots had him. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited. I obviously I hope it goes in the Bills Bills favor, but uh, it will be a good test. And I think it's a very important game though, because it very well could be for it could end up determining home field in the playoffs. Good. And I would much rather have Kansas City have to come to Buffalo in January than us have to go to Kansas City in January. So, Yes. All right. Uh, that brings us into five starts and five sits. Why don't you give us your five through three when it comes to starts? All right. I went a little running back heavy here. My first one, uh, Rashad Penny, as usual, is hurt. He's out for the year. I feel like you can put Kenny Walker to the third in. Every week right now, uh, Seattle's going to run the ball. He looks he's looked pretty efficient in the few touches he's had so far. So I'm 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 happy putting him in a lineup right now. The other one you talked about the Cardinals having their two best running backs out. I I don't think that's true. I think their second best running back is Eno Benjamin. Uh, and but since Daryl Williams and Connor are out, uh, I would throw Eno Benjamin out there if you have him. Uh, Akers, Cam Akers was just ruled out in the last day or two, so I'm okay putting Daryl Henderson out there. I don't love him. You know, he's not going to be RB1 for the week, but he should be able to get you 12 to 15 points and a little bit more if he can get get in the end zone. All right. So, uh, you know, Benjamin was actually my number two start for the week, so I'll mention him now since you already brought him up. Uh, Injuries have definitely worked in his favor. He is the clear number one right now. Quite honestly, I think he could – he could secure that that number one position even when Connor if, if Connor's out for a couple of weeks can come back if yeah. Benjamin can perform. Um so my, my number five, Dawson Knox versus Kansas City, uh mostly because Knox is going to be coming in healthy and raring to go. He didn't play last week. Uh he's been a little little disappointing this year, but Kansas City has not defended tight ends very well. So I think Allen might find a security blanket in Knox, especially if Kansas City decides to bring pressure against Allen. He needs to get the ball quick. Knox is going to be that guy. My number four, Adam Thielen, he started the season very slow. He has picked it up some since then, and he gets a very good matchup against a very weak Dolphins secondary. Uh, They're giving up a ton of passing yards, so I expect Adam Thielen to have quite quite a good week. What are your two and ones? 
My two is a guy that I liked even a lot before Damian Harris was hurt. And now that he is hurt, Ramondre Stevenson. He had a huge week last week, a pretty good week the week before that. He was already starting to take over that backfield uh, with Harris there. So now that Harris isn't there, and I think their backup running back is a rookie, he's going to get a ton of touches for the Pats. And your number one? My number one, another guy that over the last couple weeks has really started taking over that lead back, and it's with the Jets, Brees Hall. Uh, 200 yards from scrimmage last week. Uh, He's slowly but surely kind of uh, putting Michael Carter in his rear view, and I think the rest of the season he's he's going to be a pretty safe play. Oh, all running backs. That's interesting. Well, I did have uh, – I, I went non-running back bonus. If you need a wide receiver three, uh, Alec Pierce from the Colts. He's had eight targets the last two games, uh, about four catches, 80 yards in each game. So, again, he's, he's not somebody you want to plug in as your wide receiver one or two, but if you need a flex player, wide receiver three, he's been a pretty safe floor right now with Matt Ryan. All right, don't hate it. Uh, so my number three, which is now my number two, Jerry Judy, uh, primetime division matchup will be his breakout game. Um, Russ can't be as bad as he has been, right? I know I hated on Russ a couple of times tonight, but I, I believe this is a, a good matchup for Judy. I think he gets his breakout game here against the Chargers. Um, so I expect him to have a good week. And my number one, I went quarterback here. It's Jimmy G versus the Atlanta <laughs> Falcons. Jimmy's breakout game. Here it comes. Get ready, folks. You suck. <laughs> Love it. Jimmy All right, G. let's no. go. Let's go to our five sets. Give me your five through three. Uh, five through three. My five is Jimmy G. My four is Jimmy G. And my three is Jimmy G. <laughs> my five. My I I went all running backs here as well. Stuck with my theme. My number five. You didn't like him before the season. I liked him a lot. It's been a rough go, J.K. Dobbins. And especially, I think you have Gus Edwards coming back into the mix now. So I'm sitting J.K. Dobbins right now until I see a little bit more. My number four, I just talked about him in the Bills-Chiefs game, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I think both teams abandoned the run game early. I could see him getting a few receptions out of the backfield, but unless he gets in the end zone, you're you're probably eight, nine points with him. And then uh, still waiting for this guy to do more too. It's Travis Adian. Uh, right now, now I know, you know, depending on how deep your running backs are, you're probably still playing him. Um, but I have a couple leagues where I have him and I'm a little bit deeper at running back and I'm not playing him cause he, he's been averaging about 10 points a week. I need to see a little more there. All right. Well, Travis Adian made my list as well. He had a nice game last week, but he's going to struggle going this week and he is still in the share there. Uh, Jacksonville is playing Indy. So it's a division game. An important division game too, because Jacksonville's two and three, Indy's two, two and one. So the winner of that game could start, you know, trending in the right direction, I guess, if that's what we're calling five hundred teams. Um all right. So my number my number four then is Garrett Wilson. The Packers have done very well against wide receivers, giving up the tenth oh. or eleventh fewest points to wide receivers. Uh, I expect Garrett Wilson to struggle. Number four, Keenan Allen. Uh, this is more about the fact that he might not even play. Uh, I think he is officially out or close to out. Maybe not official, but yeah. Uh, last I saw, he was doubtful. Uh, of course, you know, while doing research, um, there's mixed reports everywhere. Yeah, but he, and the fact that he's playing Monday night really kind of hurts because you can't risk 
right. you know, having Let, in that lineup and someone in that and having to go pick up, you know. Unless you've got Josh Palmer on your yeah. roster or something, you can plug him in, yeah. Or, or someone from the Broncos or another Charger even. I mean, if you have him in your flex and you have a, a couple of options in that game, fine. But otherwise, uh, he's he's a he's a must-sit, I believe. What's your two-and-one? My number two, Zeke. It's time to sit Zeke until – you get something out of him. I think before the season, everybody was pretty much on board that Pollard was probably at this point in their careers, the better fantasy back. And he's just been more efficient, more productive. Uh, my number one doesn't matter now. When I did this list, he was, he was not out. He is now out. It was Cam Akers. Uh, Akers has been a disaster and now he's, he's taken off for personal reasons, which who knows? what all is going on there. Usually that means there's some type of issue with the team. Um, and so who knows if he's even back with the team. Uh, so I'll throw my bonus in at number one, which was a non-running back, uh, Kyle Pitts. And I know uh, tight end is not deep, so you're probably forced to play him anyway. Right now at this point, in, until he starts doing a little more, I'd even rather throw a guy like Hayden Hurst out there from the Bengals mm-hmm. who's, who's getting some end zone looks at least. Uh, until Pitts and the Atlanta offense starts throwing the ball a little more and getting it going. Yeah, I think that's fair. So my number two is Zach at Zach Wilson, the J-E-T-S. Jack's QB <laughs> will struggle this week versus Green Bay. However, he will have plenty of opportunities to put the ball in the air, I believe. You suck! I believe the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets will be behind in that game, so he might be able to get some garbage time points. And my number one might surprise people, although it shouldn't if you pay attention. Uh, my number one is Najee Harris versus the Bucks. The Steelers are bad, and the Bucks' run defense is really good. So I think Najee Harris is going to struggle this week. I understand where he's ranked in, in Dynasty and in Fantasy, but I believe if you have any other option, I believe you're sitting Najee this week because he is, he well, is that, not in a good spot. That line is awful. Kenny Pickett's not going to help that situation, I don't think. And, yeah, he's – you're still he's still a hold in dynasty because you can't really sell him right now for what he was even three weeks ago. His values. Yeah, I tried to, I tried to get him in a couple of leagues for cheap and it hasn't worked obviously. So people are still haven't got to that point. I mean, I've even you know, uh, villain has offered him over for Chubb before the season. I would have done that all day, just given their age and the year that Harris had. But right now, I can't. Well, it, it, and that's the problem. Before the season, I offered Bill a couple of, of decent deals for for Harris because I know he's a Browns fan and not a big Steelers guy, obviously. And, of course, Zeke was involved in a lot of those, and Zeke has been terrible as well. But And he's like $90 in that league. But, um, but yeah, now he he's struggling to get anything for Harris because Harris's value is way down. And... I get holding him, especially if you're feeling because your team's not doing anything this year anyways. Right. So I think he almost has to hold him because otherwise you're just giving a contender probably a chance at a guy that's going to be good. Yeah. So, all right, let's get into our NFL power rankings. Uh, why don't you give me your seven through four? Sure. I've got some I've got some changes here since the last time we did this. My number seven, I didn't want to do it, but they're four and one leading the division. I had to. I put the Vikings in here. Offense is looking good. They've been making some plays on defense. Uh, well, I don't think – I don't – Yep. Continue on. What? Continue on. 
Okay. I don't think they last, but my number six. Hang on, hang on. I, I, I wanted you to finish your thought about the Vikings. My number seven, the Green Bay Packers, because that's how much I don't believe in, in Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. I, although, yeah. I'm, although I'm almost positive they're going to be 5-1 and because they're playing the Dolphins who are starting, uh, who knows, at quarterback. Yeah, and I can't hate that. I take Aaron. I just the Vikings at least have a couple more weapons on offense at receiver. Dodgers go up two nothing in the top of the third. Wife's supposed to be yelling at the TV. She's not even Is she watching. Uh, yeah, I think she's sleeping. No, she's not. She, she's she's she, she she is shooting daggers at you right now. <laughs> They just scored two. I'm trying to not pay attention to them. Not bad luck. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I don't want to not watch. My number yeah. six. Who cares? I put pickles on the Padres. Go Padres. <laughs> uh, oh, six. I, I need the Yankees to hold on versus Cleveland for that to even matter. So six. I've got the 49ers. That whole division is like three and two and two and three, and I just picked the 49ers out of there. Uh, number five. Jimmy G, baby. Even though you hated them. <laughs> That's right. Number five, I've got the Bucks just because we already know they're going to win that division. And there's something off with the Bucks, but it's still the Bucks and Brady, and they'll figure it out. And my number four, the Cowboys. That's interesting. We have a very similar top seven through four. Uh, so I have the Packers at seven, the 49ers at six. I have the Cowboys at five, and I have the Bucks at four. Uh, I think the Bucks have looked off because they haven't been at all healthy. I mean, a couple weeks ago, Brady's top yeah. receiver was like Scotty Miller. And I'm not talking about my brother, but he might have been about on the same level. I think Gage ended up playing that week, so Gage was the number one. But, I mean, when you're talking about having Julio and Mike Evans and Godwin and none of those guys play, like, of course they're not going to look right. And I don't think all three of them have been fully healthy or even on the field at the same time, except for maybe the first game of the year. So. They'll figure it out. Yeah, and the Cowboys, if you tell me that Cooper Rush is the quarterback the rest of the year, I would not have them at four. But knowing that they're, they've maintained their pace and you've got Dak coming back, you've got Gallup back now, so they've got another wide receiver to go with Lamb. I like them there. I think Cooper Rush might be the answer in Dallas. I mean, he's answered all the problems. That's might terrible. Look, might as well just trade that to a, a team that needs a quarterback. Okay. Like the Giants. Okay. Anyway. All right. On. What's your three? Let's go ping pong style here. Three, two, one. Number three. Look, uh, they should be higher, but the bottom line is they lost in Miami. Uh, and the game next week is going to – could flip-flop my one, two, and three. Uh, but until they beat the Chiefs, uh, I've got the Bills at three. Oh, all right. Well, you suck. Um, since you keep telling me I suck and I'm third, well, you suck. Uh, my number three is the Eagles. Why? I don't believe in them. They're they're five and zero. I think they're a good football team, but they play in the NFC East. I know all those teams are good, but their schedule is weak. Um, I think if the Bills or the Chiefs play the Eagles tomorrow, today, Monday, whatever day of the week you want to play, I think that the Bills and Chiefs both beat them by seven, ten, twelve points. I don't disagree. All right. That's, What's your why the, that's why the Eagles were 22 on my list. <laughs> What's your number two? The Chiefs. And, uh, again, I think at the end of the day, the Bills are better, but the Chiefs keep winning, and here we are. All right. Number well, two. My, my number two is the Chiefs because I am a homer. And um, what's your number one? My number one, I hated to do it, but they are the only undefeated team. I had to go fly 
Eagles fly and put them here at, at number one. LTG will be so excited. This man says that the Eagles, the Eagles are number 22 and then corrects well, himself and says they're number one. Well, because I agree. Um, I think that I think the top six of my seven would beat the Eagles. So, But I just have them there because I like they're 5-0. I can't not put them there. Um, you see, that's the problem with these lists. I don't know if you've ever listened to Colin Cowherd. This, that was one of his biggest complaints. Like a team would lose and then they get knocked down. Kind of like the Bills when they lost to the Dolphins. He'd be like, you don't want to make excuses, but the Bills rolled out seven defensive starters. So, yeah, they lost to the Dolphins. They dominated the game. They, they lost by three or two. Um, so, sure, I'm Look, not putting the Dolphins ahead of the Bills because – But I'm but I'm trying to – I'm trying to put a chip chip on the Bills' shoulders. You, uh, look, we, you got you to gotta play the game. You got to go out there and win it. Right. You want to crown them? You want to crown them? Crown them. Uh, I'm not crowning them anything, uh, but they're the best team in the NFL, so they're the number one team on my list. Uh, uh, the and... Eagles are actually the best team in the NFL. You heard my list. <laughs> All right, moving on. Kiss or kick? Give me your three. We'll ping pong style back and forth here. All right, kiss or kick? Russell Wilson turning it around. Define turning it around. Uh, no, Turning it around means he does he he provides the value that they traded or the money that they gave him. The value they traded, he will do. The money they gave him, absolutely not. Because okay. the money they gave him would be Mahomes Allen numbers. He's not doing that. Right. Um, the value they traded, though, they gave up. You know, Drew Locke and Noah Fant, and these guys haven't done much in Seattle. I'm not saying they won't. I mean. Locke hasn't been on the field. Fant has regressed quite a bit in in that that stadium over there in Seattle. So I think that they he can absolutely perform for what they got him for, but I don't think he'll ever perform to that contract. And the only way that he really could is if he wins the Super Bowl, and then no one's going to care. Fair enough. But the way he's playing right now, that they're not winning the Super Bowl. All right. Kiss or kick, over two and a half NFC East teams making the playoffs. Over oh, three teams. Uh, I got to kick that. They um, clearly would have three teams in. Yeah, I think, but I don't believe in the Giants. Uh, the, the, the Washington football team's terrible, but I think the Eagles and Dallas get in. That's why I couldn't make it one and a half because I knew it was a guaranteed kiss. I figured two and a half would be a guaranteed kick, but. I mean, and yeah, if the Giants go out and win that game against Baltimore this week, and then maybe I start to turn around on on them a little bit. But right now, I, I would just I'd feel a lot better about two. I I literally did my research. I finished my research about uh, 20, 20 minutes before the show started, so um, I wasn't lying when I told LTG that, and I did it in about twenty two minutes. So. Brag. Brag much? <laughs> All right. What's your second one, Gay? All right. Uh, kiss or kick Steelers making the right call going with Pickett moving forward. I've had this debate with a couple of my friends who are Steelers fans. Uh, I think it was a terrible decision. Um, really? Yeah. And, and here's why. I think that we've seen a couple of times recently that sometimes quarterbacks benefit from playing and sometimes quarterbacks benefit from, from sitting. Uh, with that roster the way it is, and that team in shambles, like their top, their top four or five defenders are out uh, pot- potentially long term. 
Um, they have a few guys out on offense, including linemen. Uh, what's the point of putting your young guy out there and just getting him rocked? Uh, like, I don't know if people remember Derek's brother, David. David was a better quarterback than Derek. But he got right. destroyed in Houston. <laughs> yeah, it was ugly. Um, had had they just sat him for a year, maybe even two, <laughs> and, and built that roster, he could have been – I'm not saying he would have been a Hall of Fame quarterback, but he could have been because he was really talented. He was really good. And he just – they put him out there and he got sacked 100 that times. That line – It felt like in 16 games. That might have been the worst line in the history of football. Like every play, it seemed like he was just running for his life. Like if if Pittsburgh is a playoff contender, I completely understand putting Pickett out there. If Trubisky is struggling, and you think if you think Pickett's the difference in winning and losing games, sure you, you make that move. But Pickett's no better than Trubisky. Pickett's going to make a couple more plays, but he's going to turn the ball over more. He's going to get hit more. Um. I personally didn't didn't like the move. I, yeah, I I tend to agree. I don't mind even that they gave him a shot because you know it's early in the season. So what mm-hmm. if Trubisky comes out and he lights it up and he turns that team around and they're they're two and zero with him starting. But that doesn't mean that just because you put him out there, you can't now take him back out and real okay. It's not you know it's it's not going to change right now because I I feel like they had the right game plan right. They went out and got Trubisky on a one year deal. Uh, went out and drafted a quarterback theoretically to sit behind a veteran for a year. And if you're not going to make the playoffs anyway, I, I get getting experience, but if your team is terrible, like you're saying that experience may not be beneficial to his progress. If he's, you know, so there's the worst I, team in that division, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think so I think so. And they do have some, uh, they've got weapons. Cleveland's they, better than them and they're starting to Kobe Brissett. Yeah, they're definitely a lot more competitive. That offensive line is just so bad. And and that right there is enough of a reason not to put Pickett out there, in my opinion, because if you really believe Pickett's going to be your guy, and and maybe this is Pittsburgh seeing if he can be that guy and seeing how he responds to the adversity. But in in my opinion, if if he's your franchise guy, you don't run him out there to get killed. Right. All right, kiss or kick over one and a half AFC East teams making the playoffs. Over one and a half East. Well, at the beginning of the year, I certainly would have kissed it because I would have told you Dolphins and Bills all day. But with not knowing the long-term effects on Tua, that's a tough one right there. Tell you what, I'm going to kick. I'm going to say the Bills are the only team. They get in again. If if you told if if two is back next week and healthy all year, then I'll take two. But I don't know that he's coming back for a few weeks, and they don't have anybody at quarterback besides him. What's crazy about that if if the Dolphins would have just left him on the sidelines against the Bills, he probably is is still playing. He's he's definitely back by now, right? I mean, yeah. the problem is, is Dolphins probably lose the game of the Bills if two is not in there, and then they probably lose to the Bengals on Thursday night because you're not going to play him on Thursday night if he doesn't come back in that game. But now you have your quarterback healthy and ready to go for the rest of the year. And like right. you said, now you don't. He's definitely out this week. 
if he's not back next week, and then all of a sudden it's another week, is it too late for them to make the playoffs? Because the AFC is pretty good. Uh, breaking news, the Guardians uh, walked off the, the Yankees. They came back. They were down to 4-2 yeah. last I saw. Yeah, and, uh, they walked them off 6-5. Oh, wow. Uh, I saw That's a couple amazing. posts on, on Facebook about, you know, uh, how Chapman is sitting at home absolutely loving this after being <laughs> left off the roster. Um, so Wouldn't that be something? Well, we'll get into baseball, though. It's, it's coming up. We will, but I, I did just see that, that headline break. Um, so now I don't care if the Dodgers or Padres win. I'd probably rather the, the Dodgers win, so there's a game five to, tomorrow or the next day, whenever it is. Um, it'd be tomorrow, yeah. Um, so I, I would be okay with that. Uh, I, I like I like the elimination games, although we got some really good football games tomorrow, so I don't know if I need a baseball game jammed in there too. So. Uh, what's your last one, sir? Kiss or kick there being any quarterback controversy in Dallas? Um, who? I'm going to kick it because of what they've paid Dak, but that doesn't mean there can't be. Let's say Dak, let's say Cooper goes and wins that game tomorrow, and Dak's ready to come back next week. Dak comes out and he struggles and they lose. Then there might be a controversy. There'll be some fans that'll, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm with you. I, I don't see there being – because I get Cooper's been winning, but it's not like he's going 30 for 40, putting up 300 yards. and it, He doesn't look that good. Yeah, but – He's not making turnovers. You most know, he, fans don't, don't care about that. Most fans like to see wins. So the one thing I'll say too is – the thing to watch in all this is if, let's say Cooper wins tomorrow, that comes back and struggles. Jerry Jones will say some stuff because that's what Jerry Jones does. He will ruffle feathers. He will hurt he will. feelings. Well, he creates headlines because it's good for his business. Mm-hmm. Like a, a quarterback controversy means – Dallas football is being talked about on, on every single on radio ESPN show. and Fox Sports, and it just generates money for Jerry and, Jones. And so he, he's McCarty, I mean, so he's he's okay with it. Yes, and Miller McCarty. <laughs> we really need to get somebody that has any kind of following in, in, on the internet. Where's Where's Hanks at, man? I mean, come on, this man. And and, and you know what? I was thinking about this earlier. Blades being a former minor league hockey player, having these connections in the sports world, can't get us some more followers. That doesn't even show up. The least he could do is help us out. <laughs> yeah, Jeepers, I'm with you. Man. I'm with you. All right. On to the next. Kiss or kick, Mahomes and Allen becoming the new Brady and Manning. Uh, let me take that up and do this. Yeah. yeah, I think we're already there, to be honest. I think that the the last year's playoff game. Now they'll have to do it a couple more times, but what they've already played in two playoff games mm-hmm. against each other. And, and they've played five times, I think, already in their career. They're, they're times. T- tomorrow's their, their fifth meeting. I don't think there's any debate right now. They're the top two quarterbacks. So you could maybe argue Herbert, but I think people are fine saying, you know, kind of how Brady and Manning were the top two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're still both young. So they've got it now. It's football. So, Things could happen, and they could never play each other again in the playoffs. But assuming that they play every couple of years in the playoffs, 
uh, yeah, I think there's, I think we're already on the way there. Yeah, I, I read an article about this and I found it interesting. And there were a lot of comparisons. Um, and it's funny because they talked about a lot of different QB rivalries and how most of them fall short to, to Manning Brady just because Manning and Brady played so much both in the regular season and the postseason. And the, the series was pretty even throughout. So, and that's the other key, you know. I mean, if, if Allen beats Mahomes tomorrow, it'll be three to two. Of course, two of the three Mahomes wins are in the playoffs. Uh, so then if Allen and Mahomes play again in the playoffs this year, Mahomes wins again. All of a sudden, you know, Allen has to win a playoff game against Mahomes to to really make it kind of that, that Brady-Manning thing. But once Allen gets that yeah. win, then I believe they're, they're well on their way. All right, that wraps up segment one, the football segment on episode 69 of Sports Fantasies with Miller and McCarty. We'll be right back after these brief messages. Wish that I was on old Rocky Top down in the Tennessee Hills. Ain't no smoggy smoke on Rocky Top. We should have started out the show with this. I missed an opportunity. <laughs> we should have we should have started off the show with the Billy Madison voice. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, band, sir. All right, we're back. Segment two. We're going off the beaten path. We're almost to Halloween, so we're gonna look at a little uh, top ten scary movies, Halloween movies, whatever you want to say. Get right into it, Miller. What's your 10 through 7? All right, 10 through 7. Uh, first, before we start, i got to be honest. Uh, scary movies aren't, aren't really my thing. Uh, most things I don't find most movies scary. So my list is a little all over the place. So all right, without further ado, number 10, Cujo. Okay, old number school. Number 9, Children of the Corn. Oh, at 9? Yeah, mostly too- because... It's too low. It's really not. I told you, my, my top three are, are movies that at least had somewhat of an effect on me when I was a child. But that's, um, that's yeah, uh, right, because you were younger. So it was actually, it, they were actually scary when you were younger. Children, Children of the Corn did not scare me. Cujo did not scare me. Wow. What, a man, what, a, what a man. Number eight. <laughs> didn't, didn't scare me. Uh, I was seven years old. <laughs> loved it. I thought, it was a com- I thought Children of the Corn was a comedy. I thought Cujo was just about a sweet dog. That was misunderstood. <laughs> Number seven, Halloween movies. Uh, all the Halloween movies I just lumped into one. I didn't want to spread them out. Uh, I see there's yeah, yeah. another Halloween movie coming out this year, which is there maybe is the, the last one. But it's, it's well, it's called the final one, but yeah, probably it's not. not. No. <laughs> it's no. not. <laughs> all right, so Cujo 10, Children of Corn 9, Poltergeist 8, and the Halloween movie 7. What are your 10 through 7? Okay, 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 okay. My number 10 Carrie, you know, the classic yeah. scene with the blood bucket there. Gotta love it. My number nine, I figured this to be higher on your list uh, just because it's so popular, but you had it at seven or eight. I don't remember, but Halloween. Uh, they were never my favorite ones, but I feel like I have to put them on the list because it is like the all time classic. Because they're Halloween movies. <laughs> right. How can you not put it on there? Uh, my number eight, uh, this was a Jordan, a recent Jordan Peele movie called Us. So Jordan Peele's had a few good movies. They're not necessarily scary, 
but just well written scripts and and good films. And my number seven was The Ring. Uh, you know, The Ring. She comes out of the television. Well, that's scary, Miller. I was scared. Uh, all right, I'm not really sure what to say to that. Um, <laughs> six through four. Is that what we're doing here? Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah. Six, The Exorcist. And okay. it's this, is where my, this is where my list really goes sideways. I'm not going to lie. Number five, scary movie. Oh, yeah. That, that, what are you doing? Number four, Scream. I know you were going to say that. Unbelievable. Which actually shows up on quite a few scary movie lists, which makes me really question people and, and what they're doing with their life. It does, but I couldn't... That Talk about not scary. I mean, that's not even close to scary. That was just a silly movie. Well, that's how I view most of these movies. Because with all scary movies, you know, anytime it's about to be scary, the music changes, the lighting changes. But did you see her come out of the TV? That was scary. <laughs> yeah, you knew it was coming. Okay. Number six for me, I've got Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Again, I just put them all in one. There's been 45 of them. I was a little upset I didn't include those on here, I'll be honest. Number five, Pet Cemetery. That's a good old school one. Uh, and number four, you had it at nine. I've got Children of the Corn. Okay. All right. So three through one, we'll go ping pong style like always. Uh, so number three, I put on here, not because I was ever afraid of the movie, but uh, little Scotty Miller was, uh, Gremlins. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's... Okay. I told you. I, I I told you my list three through one gets a little wacky. I guess five right. through one, if you want to call it that. My number three is Paranormal Activity. Have you seen this movie? Uh, I, I have. Um, it, it's it's like home. I mean, you know, yeah. Quotes, uh, quotation air marks uh, air quotations. Uh, home. Uh, video footage, but there's just something creepy about the movie. Huh? Yeah, that's fine. I, I, I'm all right with that. Uh, number two is going to throw everyone off. Uh, this is a personal scary movie for me. I am definitely afraid of fire and have been since I was a child. So Backdraft is is, is one of a uh, few Backdraft. movies. Backdraft? Yes. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> even, listen, I mean... Listen. listen. Even my wife disagrees listen. with this. There, there are two movies in my life that have, given me, that, have, that have given me nightmares. Backdraft is one of them. And I'll give you a little bit of backstory. I was a child. My cousin was playing with a lighter that went burn cloth. So um, he would show everyone. And he, the camper caught on fire. He caught his, his stepdad, my uncle's camper, on fire. And I looked out my back. I was the first one to discover the fire. He was not in the camper. I'll, I'll start with that. But I had visions of him burning alive in this the camper. Is, this is taking a, a dark turn. <laughs> so, so, uh, so backdraft. I tried watching this movie, and it gave me nightmares for weeks. So, backdraft is the second scariest movie I've ever watched. Wait till you hear my number one. I can't wait to get laughed at even more. This is a great, great list. I'll be right in. Okay, so you go Backdraft is your number two scariest movie ever. Number three, I guess. Uh, my number two scariest movie ever, The Notebook. Um, you know, real, really frightening. Really frightening. <laughs> Ian Christopher, she said. <laughs> no, my number two. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. My number two. Oh, 
Trace Thompson, Clay Thompson's brother, showing him how it's done, diving, catching the outfield. Loving it. Uh, number my, number, my number two, uh, this movie, I tell you, when it came out, uh, it, it had a lot of hype and it lived up to it. It was the Blair Witch Project. Oh, Love my God. I, I am done with this show. I loved I, this movie. Oh, we're done with this show. The guy throws out some Baldwin and backdraft is the scariest movie ever. He's he's done with the show. Listen, all also Blair Witch Project was was that that home video. The, the screen is bouncing up and down. I was I was car sick. The movie the movie was an hour and twelve minutes long. We watched it at Jason Owen's house in the old nursing home there that had the fight. Yeah, that's a and scary place it, to watch it, it. It wasn't though, because the movie was ridiculous. I, I literally <laughs> thought that movie was three and a half hours long. We got done an hour and twelve minutes. Of my life is gone. That's an hour and twelve minutes. I'm never getting back. Oh, I loved you, it. You are the third person I've talked to this week because I talked to a couple people at work about this this list that we we're doing. And you are the third person to say that that movie would be on their list. And you're the second person to put it in your top two. It so was just, I, it was different at the time. Nobody had really it, done something like that. It, it, it just, it wasn't scary to me. It was just, it was terrible. There were some boring moments for sure. Yeah. But. An hour and 12 minutes of them. All right. So <laughs> now we get to number one. And if you thought my number two was bad, my number one's worse. Because this movie I watched for the first time when I was probably four or five, like everyone did. Um, the Wizard of Oz. Those flying monkeys. The okay. flying monkeys on The Wizard of Oz gave me nightmares, man. I could not handle it. And it's well, one, it, all... it, it is one of my favorite movies of all time. And but The, the Wizard of Oz, <laughs> I will give you... As a kid, is a little more scary than Backdraft, so I'll give you that. Uh, I don't. Backdraft is a trauma, though. So, I don't I consider mean, The Wizard of Oz a horror film, but that's okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I do see what you're saying. There are some weird things. It's a creepy movie for sure. It is. I love the movie now. It's one of my favorite movies. But when you're four or five watching it for the first time, those flying yeah. monkeys really kind of got to me. It wasn't the witch. It wasn't the wizard. It wasn't, you know. But that's like me saying or putting in, like I could say Never Ending Story because it was so creepy when you were like 10 years old and watching it. But is it really a horror film? I don't think so. Here's the thing, though. And it, it, there's also, of course, the scene in Wizard of Oz where, uh, you know, there's a person that hung themselves. Yeah, but you don't know that when you're four. Well, 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 no, I'm just saying, you know, I mean. Yeah, that was crazy. It only gets darker the more you learn about it. And. Is that true? Do we, is that, I mean, I, I thought I saw it in my own eyes once or twice, but. Or I, is this like the, um, that, uh, what's that myth that if you play some Pink Floyd album backwards or something that goes with the Wizard of Oz sound, there's some crazy thing like yeah. that too out there. Uh, it, 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 there's also the whole red rum thing. I mean, I don't know. All right. What's your number one? My number one, I, how this didn't make your top 10, I have no idea because uh, this was an easy number one for me. They're in their own tier. It was the Friday the 13th movies with Jason and Crystal Lake. Um, and how is that not number uh, on your list? They they just didn't do it for me. I'm telling you. <laughs> Scary movies, and and it's funny because I knew I was going to get a bunch of crap for three, two, and one, whatever. It's it's fine. I don't mind. But what was that movie that Robbie Sandless and Dave Davis were deathly afraid of? It was one that night, was yeah, that was the clown one. I I don't know what it was. There was one night, uh, the night before we we scrimmaged Casqua when you gave your your dad the old one finger salute on the side, like he didn't know he was there. 
uh, after you scored a goal, we, it was a scrimmage, but we stayed up most of the night. And I was trying to watch that movie because I was interested by it. And, and they were absolutely terrified of that movie and they made me turn it off. Um, there, I don't, I'm not sure. I, I do know there was this one movie that the dude always loved and thought was the, the scariest movies, movie ever. And it was about these killer clowns from outer space. I think that's what the movie was called, was Killer Clowns from Outer Space. It, it, it very well could have been. I, I, I don't remember <laughs> what the name was. I was just watching it because it was like 2 a.m. and I was bored and it was on. And they freaked out. When, like, I, I, think they, I think they were in the dude's bedroom playing video games. I was in the main living room watching TV. A couple of us were out in the living room. I think a couple of people would fall asleep at that point. But and they came out and they started freaking out because this movie was on. I couldn't for the life of me remember what it was, but I remember watching Friday the 13th. Uh, I guess, I don't know which one it was the first one I, I imagine, but one of the first couple ones, I guess, but uh, I was at Tony Ross's house, it's, you know, Tony Ross from Belmont. Tony the tiger. And uh, we were watching downstairs, you know, lights off and everything late at night. And I, at the very time, and we would have been kids, but at the very time, like something happened where there was like, you know, somebody popped up in a window or whatever, you saw Jason, a deer head fell off the wall and hit the floor like the exact moment. <laughs> it was like and, perfect timing. Yeah. And we immediately shut it off. That freaked us out for a long time. And it was crazy. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, of course, Sharon, my mother, um, that love her to pieces. She wasn't a big fan of scary movies and didn't let Scott nor I, I watch many of them at, at the house. Like when we would have people over for a movie. Well, that's probably like, a good move. I mean, well, yeah, you know. I, I'm not, I'm not hating on it, but so like, so by the time I started watching scary movies, I was a little bit older for most of them. Like, and like I said, most of them are giveaways. Like, I mean, and I just didn't buy into it, you know, like I, I knew it was a movie. I could separate reality from, from fantasy um, that's why I spent so much time watching sports because it, it was it was all reality based. I mean, it was it was a fantasy that I thought most of my teams are going to win because let's be honest, outside of the Bills in the '90s, most of my sports teams didn't have much success for most of my life. But, yeah. Um. So, but I was able, I was really able to separate it, and I, I really pay attention to to certain things like the music, the lighting, and and we, in most of those movies, there's dead giveaways, man. Like here comes a scary part. And that's when you cuddle up next to your girl, and then you know, right before the person jumps out of the window, that's when you poke them in the ribs, and they jump and scream, and I laugh. <laughs> Fair enough. So it, it was an interesting list. I, I had fun researching it. I I did see there was a couple of movies, uh, like the, the Friday Thirteen movies. Uh, there was another one that you mentioned that I, that I probably should have put on here, but I saw one list and. Hubie Halloween made the list, and I was appalled. <laughs> um, most of the list I saw, The Exorcist was number one or two. Uh, Poltergeist was in the top never, five. It, it, the Poltergeist I never liked was, those two. They were too old. Like yeah, Those movies were too old for me to really resonate. But They are older movies, but I, I've watched both of them. Um, and, and there are parts that are a little creepy. Uh, Cujo never scared me. I, it's a dog. Like. Like I said, it was probably just a dog that was misunderstood, probably was abused, and you know. <laughs> I feel like for me, Pet Cemetery was like the first scary movie I, I remember ever watching as a kid. And I'm sure against, you know, not like, uh, not that my parents had allowed me to. I just, 
I'd have HBO downstairs in my room or whatever. Watch that, or I'd stay up and watch that. The Tales from the Crypt uh, shows on HBO; those were always good. Yeah, I mean, there were definitely things that we would always watch. And we would do like, uh, you know, I remember my mom was very against Major League when we were kids because it said the F word, you know, eight times or, yeah, or whatever. You know, um, it's not a great movie for kids. So. <laughs> Uh, you know, so I, I digress. It, it was it was fun to go down memory lane a little bit, and I knew I'd get harassed, especially for my top three. But that's fine. Uh, like I said, I remember Gremlins very well because it freaked my brother out, and Backdraft and Wizard of Oz were the two movies that gave me nightmares. So, I'm just ha- I'm just happy you didn't put Chucky in the list. As long as we, uh, 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 as long as we didn't do that, the, I'm good. The one Chucky movie I remember is Bride of Chucky. And the only reason I remember it is because we went to watch The Water Boy. And it was sold out. So <laughs> we had to pick another movie and we picked Bride of Chucky and still tried to sneak into the water boy, but there was literally nowhere to sit or stand. Oh, yes. so. All right. That wraps up our top 10. We'll be back to talk a little baseball trades and get out of here. Sounds good to me. Welcome back to Sports Fantasies with Miller and McCarty. to the end of the show little baseball little trades little get us out of here uh, a lot of exciting things going on in the sports world tonight we've been following college football throughout the day we've been following playoff baseball we've even followed a little bit of hockey mostly because McCarty and I are playing in week one of the, the, the fantasy big hockey win. world big McCarty's win. gonna win Blades is actually going to be LTG. That was not a setup. That is how uh, Fantrack set up the schedule because I was lazy and let them do it. So, um, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not overly worried about it. It's week one. I'm not worried about losing to the back-to-back defending champion in week one. You know, if I start 0-4, I'll get nervous, but not really because I know I'm good enough, smart enough to finish in the top six in that league. Good enough. I'm smart enough. And people like me. All right, so fantasy baseball wrap. We can do this fairly quickly. I'm going to start with no, we can World Fantasy Baseball Classic, which is the league you're not in. Uh, the um, reason I'm bringing this up is because three out of the top four, you know, uh, Shiva actually took this league down. Um, he had a very good okay. year. He ended up going 17 and four, which tied for the best record in the league. He won on a tiebreaker. He won the one seed, which ended up proving very um, good for him. Uh, Clearwater came in the league, took over a team that finished in uh, no better than ninth the last four years, uh, finished in second. Are you surprised? No. 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 At at what point do we put him up with, like, the Sugas of the world? I mean, he's a top-tier owner. He really is. Um, And part of the reason why I brought up this league, too, is because – well, I'll tell you in a second – so, uh, finishing third in that league is facing the franchise. They really took advantage early in the league. Uh, the rules were kind of wacky. It was the first uh, Dynasty League I ever, I ever ran, and they really loaded up on minor leaguers. So, they have a bunch of guys that are like a dollar, $11 now because they've been resigned at this point. But, like, Tatis and Judge and, like, just guys that a lot of guys didn't know about. So, they went out and got them and have built their team up very well because of that. And finishing in fourth, losing to them in the third place game is Suga. So moving on to Cabo, 
we have in first cream of the crop, in second Suga, in third U Charos, which clinched you the b- 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 bonus money uh, from the combination of football and baseball. B- bonus. And then in fourth was Clearwater. Clearwater, of course, dominated the league. He went the, twenty and one or twenty one and one. It was twenty and uh, one and zero and two. Twenty and one, and then he went zero and two in the playoffs <laughs> to finish in fourth. Um, but yeah. that's two leagues and two top fours for both Clear and Suga. They actually flip flopped. They were two and four and two and four. Yeah, I was more than happy to to get the bonus pickles there. Like I said, it's that's a lot of good owners, uh, so I felt good about that. I was texting Clear uh, throughout our our playoff matchup there. And um, I told them, yeah, I mean, that's just a tough, that's it's a tough break. I think we've all had that happen before where the, where the clear team, uh, the clear team to beat. And it just, you, it's fantasy sports and two weeks where it doesn't really go your way and you don't get the numbers you were the, the first 21 weeks of the season. And all of a sudden you don't even place. And it happens to all of us. Uh, it happened in two of the three leagues I'm in this year. So, uh, so in Hung Jury, Suga beat Clear in the finals to take down Hung. And Blades beats Careless. It's the first time he's ever placed in the top three in the playoffs. I can't I believe sure that. To, I made sure to, to point that out. He's come in fourth a couple of times. Most of the time, the third place game, he just kind of throws away. I think he's given me the third place game twice, actually. Um but Careless also uh, went through the regular season and kind of dominated, had a very good regular season, was the team to beat. He was number one of the power rankings throughout the year. Uh, both of us had him there. You had him there from the jump. And he went 0-2 in the playoffs and yeah. on, only got his his pickles from uh, being a top-two seed. So clear and Careless. I, Careless wasn't quite as dominant as clear, but it was close. I think Careless lost, what, three times in the regular season, then he lost twice in the playoffs. Yeah. So, I mean, you're really talking about the scenario where you don't know what's going to happen, and depending on injuries and guys that are resting and all that type of stuff, you just never know. Um, all three leagues were very competitive. I made the playoffs in all three leagues, and I lost in the first round in all three leagues. So not a very good year for me. I'm going to actually have to pay for a couple football leagues this year because I didn't roll over any of the extra money I had saved up in my account. Week. Um, yeah, I mean, I paid for all my baseball leagues, so whatever. Um, I was uh, – uh... So in the especially in the combo league, was I kept going back and forth between, you know, it's kind of a it's we always play in dynasty leagues, so there there comes that time where you got to figure out okay, because everybody else is locked out for making moves, and so mm-hmm. you have a little bit of an advantage for next season. And so it was well, at the beginning, I thought there's no way I can hang with clear. It really, it didn't matter. I had already wrapped up the bonus. Hey. You're getting the bonus money either way. The only thing I could get was the extra 100 pickles for coming in third, and I didn't really figure I had a shot. So I was more in the mindset of let me pick up guys that maybe be able to contribute next year, like a, a Dave Scalfini, you know, pitcher that's on IR or whatever. Uh, but as it remained close, I had to end up trying to to win out the, uh, the, the third place there. But I was – very happy that somebody, and it might have been clear, I, somebody dropped Vaughn Grissom from the Braves 
who's been lighting it up as a rookie. And I know why he did it because Vaughn Grissom wasn't playing. He's not an everyday player this late in the season with the Braves. So I was happy to be able to pick him up. But it is kind of an interesting uh, strategy there when you get into the playoffs as to, you know, kind of trying to, to determine are you picking up guys to just kind of go for it now or are you looking towards next year in the future? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's where uh, in the past Blades gave up third place because he started looking toward the future and started making moves and not really worried about those. Those pickles were finishing third. Um, and, and this year he played the third place game straight up and he, he beat careless. Yeah, like I was able to pick up Sean Manea because somebody dropped him because he got yeah, moved I, into the, into the bullpen. I, I, I saw that and it, it, it's so frustrating being out of the playoffs at that point. And there's been many a times I've thought about eliminating that rule, but then chaos can can happen. Well, I think it's something we can look at for next season or take a vote on or um, – at least with minor leaguers, I feel like you should still be able to make moves because like you, it allows teams that are in the playoffs to be set up even better for next year on teams that aren't in the playoffs. And it seems mm-hmm. like a little bit of a disadvantage, but I get where, okay, if you're not in the playoffs, you can make moves to alter what happens in the playoffs. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm not sure which way to go with it. Well, it, it it's so tough. I almost think the answer is – is that the teams in the playoffs can't pick up minor leaguers. Um, I think it's fine. Like with Manea, I don't think that should change. Like I think if you're in the playoffs and you pick them up, that's your choice. I don't think that should change. But I think teams in the playoffs, like so like like what Blaze did a couple of times there where he had his three moves because Hung was only three back then. So he had his three moves and he used all three of them for minor leaguers. He probably shouldn't be able to do that because that's not really uh- fair to the teams that aren't in. I'd say just open it up and everybody still has their three to five moves or whatever it's going to be. And, but, you know, I would use that. Let's say I'm out of the playoffs in the combo league, but if this person wins or, or if this person loses, I can still get some bonus money mm-hmm. and I would be making moves to try and prevent them from being able to stream pitchers, et cetera, that kind of thing. So it, it could throw that yeah, off. You know? and, and that's where it gets tricky. You know, I mean, where do you draw the line? And, I don't know. We'll, we'll look at it. We'll talk about it. We'll figure it out. All right. I, I think that's enough about fantasy baseball rep. We spent more time yeah. on that than I thought we would. Yeah. So let's yeah. get in the MLB playoffs. Uh, some surprising things happening. You know, Philly being over the Braves is really surprising to me, especially being that they eliminated them in four games. Um, you know, don't don't mess with Harper, man. Actually, the, the Phillies pitching and bullpen have been really good. And I. Philly was has always been good. It just depends on when they put it together, and they put it together for a series, a five game series. I mean, you know, anything can happen in a five game series. It's it's a short series. I think the difference though with this Philly team is again that bullpen. If if they get five six innings from their starter, and then that bullpen looks like it has, they're going to be tough to beat because they have plenty of offense. Although their offense hasn't been explosive during the playoffs, they've scored enough runs to win. Um, and the, the Braves – well, back to that series just real quick. Once Max Freed lost, it was going to be tough because who do you I – mean, you got Kyle Wright, who they won that game. Uh, and Kyle Wright's been their best pitcher all, all, year long, all year long. But after that, it's Charlie Morton. It's um, 
Strider, who they decided to go with in game three. I didn't really agree with that. I know Strider's been good. He went, he went, Morton, what, he went three and a third and got, gave but up four or five runs. Morton's 4-0 in the postseason all time. He's the veteran pitcher. Now, Morton came out and lost today, so you know it is what it is. My biggest issue really was earlier in the season when they sent Ian Anderson down, who is a proven guy. He's been an ace for them in the playoffs, and I get that he's been struggling this year, uh, but you sent him down to the minors, never brought him back up. I get he got hurt eventually. Uh, but I, I, I thought that was – we talked about that earlier. I, I told you I heard rumors that he was going to go to the minors, and I didn't think it was actually true. I was just trying to get a trade – from you with them, but well, and, sure, sure, and sure enough, they, they sent him down within a week of hearing those rumors. And I just felt like, I love it. you know, he should be on your playoff roster, but anyway, they, they got beat. Philly was the better team. They scored a lot of runs and Philly's got good pitching. So. No, I agree. Um, then tonight you have a back and forth. You have the, the Guardians coming back on the Yankees. The Guardians jumped up to a 2 nothing lead. The Yankees went up 4-2. to two. Um, Oh, trade accepted. Scott and you, of course. Oh, I finally got one. I, look, I, I don't, I've got no place to put Perfetti, so it's fine. I like Perfetti, but... Oh, it's, got... it's Perfetti oh, for Luke Hughes. And... I'm surprised Scott gave up Hughes, honestly. I got no place to put Perfetti. Um, Didn't you just draft someone tonight, though? Wouldn't that have cleared up a spot for him? I love it! Well, I mean, I picked somebody up. I mean, I dropped and picked up. Hey, you picked up a defender because you were afraid of, you know, losing the Miller. What's just a joke? Because you're up by, like, 107 points. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the Guardians, Guardians-Yankees, that's surprising right now. Yeah, that's 2-1 now. Um, so the Guardians come out win tomorrow, series is over. The other interesting thing is, is let's say the Yankees win tomorrow. Then they play again Monday. So they played four days in a row because of, of the rain out on the, Thursday. Right. Um, which could really hurt. And, of course, a lot of people posting about Chapman not being there. Uh, good for Chapman for sticking up for himself. I mean, I'm not a big Chapman fan. Uh, I didn't really like the guy when he was in Chicago. He did help him in the World Series. But he also blew the save in Game 7, which – would have not made the game go to extra innings and me almost have four different heart attacks at the bar, but I digress. So here we go. We have the Yankees on the verge of elimination. You have the Astros and M's. When I was doing my, my research, they were in the 16th. They ended up going 18. The Astros eliminated the M's one, nothing. So three, nothing in the series. But I think if you're the Mariners, that's a good season. Absolutely. I I think, I don't think there's anything for the Mariners to be upset about. Um, like they had that first game one, they had a four run lead late in that game, and then Alvarez hit the three run homer. Why are they pitching Alvarez, man? I don't. And then, then he had a walk off in game two, right? Yeah. I feel like every game it, it was a one run game. Um, so they're right there, and they've got Julio Rodriguez is just a superstar. Uh, so things are trending up. I, there. I'll tell you what, if their pitching can be good and, and Kelnick can figure it out. They're going to be. They're just going to get tougher and tougher. Oh, Castillo, Castillo, and uh, Logan Gilbert 
Esther won two punch right there for a while. They're, yeah, they're really they, good. They did extend Castillo after the trade. They have. I want to say they have another young guy too. That that uh, they do. Maybe some of the minors who who could be good. And then you got Julio and again Kelnick. Um, and, and they don't seem to be afraid to spend money. Quite honestly, I'm surprised that um, they didn't get. Um, why is his name slipping my mind? I don't know. Soto? Uh, uh, Suzuki. Oh, Suzuki, yeah. Um, the guy that ended up with the Cubs. Is yeah. Suzuki. Um, and, of course, you got the Dodgers and the Padres playing right now. It looks like the Dodgers are probably going to wrap this game up tonight. We'll be going uh, to it's, game five. It's only, it's only the fifth, but, yeah, they're up 2-0. Uh, we'll be going to a game five, which is always exciting. Well, I've got some – so – Game four was frustrating. I don't know how much of it you watched, but... You mean game three yesterday? Sorry, game three, yeah. Strike zone. I, I've never seen a strike zone like this in a Major League Baseball game. It was all over the place. Uh, now, San Diego, Snell made some great pitches, but I, you never knew what was a strike, what was a ball. I did not like their call to go with Gonsolin in game three. I would have gone what they're doing tonight, which was Tyler Anderson, um, I would keep throwing lefties out against San Diego. Uh, much worse team versus lefties. You came out with um, Urias and uh, Kershaw, one and two. I love Bob Melvin, uh, the coach for the Padres. Every time they go to him for an interview in between innings, he's hilarious. He's kind of like the Greg Popovich of baseball. He gives you no information, no answers. He says, no, I don't feel like answering that. And he <laughs> He's a funny guy. He enter, entertains me. Juan Soto is very annoying. Um, the way he stares down pitchers after every pitch, and if he makes a play, it's just uh, he's just an annoying baseball player. Uh, I don't mind. I don't mind the baseball players that are excited about uh, like bat flips and celebrating home runs and stuff, but Soto makes it more. Like it's a personal attack against the pitcher, and that fires me up. Um, um, now I have a question: If he was a Dodger, would it fire you up? Yeah, I think I would be a little annoyed by it. No, and, I'm a, I, I can respect that because you know I'm a guy I, who I told you when it was when they were in the running sport that I didn't really want him, not because he he's one of the better players in baseball. He's just a hard guy for me to root for. It's like it's when because he's, he's like twenty two years old. It's like when the Lakers brought in Carl uh, Malone and Gary Payton. I hated watching that team. <laughs> well, first of all, they brought those two in, and no. their combined age was one hundred. Yeah, I would say they, they were they were forty two, not twenty two. But um, no, I think I think you would have felt much differently if that happened twelve years before. I don't even think Soto means it in any type of way. It's just he's got a passion for the game. And he now I will say I did like he he will like if a pitcher gets him though he'll acknowledge the pitcher and he'll kind of tip mm-hmm. his hat to him. So I, I appreciate. I don't know. It's just he's got such a different style. It's fun to watch. He's an entertaining player for sure. It, it, it's so interesting because I'd say you're a pretty good mix of new school and old school. You know, we got LTG in our group who, and, and Blades, quite frankly, they're both kind of old school, you know, like they like things done a certain type of way. If it's not done that way, they don't agree with it. They get frustrated. 
I would say that, that you're a little bit of a mix of old school and new school. And, you know, and I think, I think Soto has a little bit of that old school with that new school mixed in. Like, I think he's old school. Like, he's very passionate about what he does, what his team does. Doesn't care about the other team. Doesn't care about the other pitcher. Doesn't care about their feelings. And then he has a little bit of that new school flair where if he hits a home run, he'll throw his bat 17 feet in the air and bat flip it and not care. So I, I'm actually a little surprised that, that you are, are so against him. Um, and I understand I, that he is now a Padre. and um, it, it doesn't help, you know. But it, that probably adds to it, especially, sure. since, especially since after the first inning on game one, the, the Dodgers are up 2 nothing, and McCarty declared the series over. <laughs> yeah, a little ahead of myself. I did like, I'll say this, San Diego, man, that crowd was rocking. Uh, well, last night and tonight, but because they haven't had a playoff game with fans there in yeah, forever. a long time. Um, I mean, like in L.A. where they'll fill up the stadium, but it's about the fourth inning. <laughs> but, but, and L.A. still rocking. But San Diego was on another level when it when it yeah. comes to that. And Trevor Hoff, so Trevor Hoffman, they kept going to him in the crowd. He's got these long flowing locks. I mean, just looking great. I forgot about Trevor Hoffman. Uh, what a great player he was! One of the best so relievers, closers of all time. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about: if you've been watching these games, then I'm sure you've seen it. So I wasn't even aware of this before the playoffs, but now everybody, I guess the system is catchers have a little. Yeah, they, electronic they, thing, on their, thing yeah. right? And the pitchers in their hat, basically, it's like a vibration, right? And so, fastball is this, and, yeah. But because of the crowd noise in the playoffs, I feel like every single game there has to be. We've got to stop the game because the pitcher can't tell what the what yeah. the vibration is in their and that seems to be a problem. And um, so well, I like the so it's, I like the catcher, pitcher, and two fielders that 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 get that little chip. Uh, which is typically the shortstop, second baseman, one of those two, and then the center fielder. And I, I get essentially like you can't steal signs, right, if they're doing yeah. this d- digitally. But it seems to be a, they've got to work the technology out, I, I feel yeah, like. Of cause... course, because I, I'm pretty sure they're, they're using 1990, like old walkie-talkie vibration type Morse code type stuff. They'll figure it out. Um. I've watched I've watched a decent amount of the playoffs, but I, I I'll be honest, I haven't watched a full game yet. Like I watched last night, I watched from the third to the bottom of the seventh of the Dodgers Padres, and I got tired. I had to be up early this morning, so I I signed off at the bottom of the seventh. Yeah, um, uh, I love every pitch of a baseball playoff game, but it's if it's the Dodgers. If the Dodgers weren't in it, I'd probably be like you. I'd I'd tune in here and there, but yeah, I mean. And the other problem is, is so like I like giving you crap about the Dodgers. They they haven't won a World Series since nineteen eighty eight. It's not true, sir. It's not true because because twenty twenty didn't count according to my very smart and brilliant co host. Uh, so the Lakers nor Dodgers won won, won a championship in twenty twenty. Uh, I digress. All right, let's get to kiss or kick here yeah, on, please. on the baseball side. We'll get the trays. We'll get out of here so you can go finish watching the game with your wife. I'm assuming Blades. Yeah, and we, gotta, we still need some co-op um, well, show. I don't, I don't think Blades and LTG are showing up. I mean, if you want to play the show, I will. But I You and I versus 
online competitors. That was a blast. I loved that. That's fine. We can do that. I mean, after the Dodgers game, but you know. Well, I mean, yeah, and that's the problem. By the time the Dodgers you'll, game's over, I might be sleeping because no, nah, you'll be up because the Bills game is at four twenty-five tomorrow. So the wife tricked me into agreeing to go to the mall tomorrow around eleven a.m. So I have to be up and functioning. Okay, eleven a.m. Let's start. You'll be okay. Come on. I, well, I hope so, I, but I mean, it, this show might not be over till two. So I was up till three a.m. last night. I'm gonna be up till three a.m. tonight. Let's go. <laughs> All right, let's hear what you got. What are we doing? Kiss or kick? Yeah, we'll go back okay. and forth your ping pong style. You go first. All right. So I, I was looking at um, more likely to repeat their fantasy season next season. So kiss or kick, Christian Walker. Well, this is really just neither or. Christian Walker or Brandon Nemo? And I'll say um, this. Christian Walker finished I am this. Going, I'm going to kiss Christian Walker. I, I am going to kick Brandon Nemo. Christian Walker finished the year as hitter number 24. Nemo was hitter number 32. Yep. I, I didn't realize how good Christian Walker was until Scotty Miller tried to send him to me in a trick. All right. All right, my first one. Kiss or kick, Miller or McCarty returning to the top of hung jury in 2023? Man, that league's getting tougher. Not going to lie. If you're just saying me, I would say no. I I, I got faith in you, though. You can get it done. Get up there. I'll tell you what. This this season in hung jury was the most frustrating season I've ever had in fantasy baseball in my life. My team was dominant. Statistically, yeah, and I finished just over 500 and got eliminated in the first round of playoffs. And I lost to Blades four times. Every single time I played Blades, he had at least five more starts than I did pitching wise. And, and in the playoffs, when I played in the playoffs, that was just dumb luck and chance. Like, I think he made two moves the whole week, and I made all four of mine, and he still outstarted me by five games. And he only made one pitching, yeah. It was the most frustrating season I ever had. I would also kiss this. I think one of us is going to get back up there. Even if we don't win, I think one of us is going to make the finals next year. I hope so. All right. Again, more likely to repeat. Hitter, overall hitter number 38 this year, Willie Adams, or hitter number 40, Nate Lowe? Uh, Nate Lowe, I'll kiss. Willie Adams, I will spit. Fair enough. Look, the people want to know about Willie Adams and Nate Lowe. <laughs> All right. Uh, kiss or kick? Aaron Judge missing more than 32 games next year. Yeah, you could have said 132. He's been too healthy this year. They're, they're on to him about his juice. So in the offseason, he's got to change that up. I expect him to miss 157 games next year. <laughs> uh, the other fun fact is coming into today, I know he ended up hitting a home run today. But coming into the day, he was 0 for 7 with five strikeouts and a walk. Yeah. And then uh, they moved him to the two spots today. They took him out of the leadoff spot and they put Labor Torres there. And yeah. uh, last I looked, I think Judge was 1 for 3 with a home run. Big home run. Two really. yeah. But, all right, what's next? All right. More likely to repeat the season, Kyle Wright or Tristan McKenzie? Uh, Mackenzie, I uh, kiss, right, I kick. 
and not because I don't like Wright, but I think Wright's going to have a lot more competition in Atlanta next year. Uh, I think Ian Anderson's going to be back in the mix. Um, uh, they had a guy that was injured most of the year this year too, right? That that's going to be back in the mix. Um, what is his name? I don't know. I'm not sure who you're referencing, but anyways, uh, I think he's going to have some competition, and I think this year was a very good year for him. I'm not saying he's not going to be good, but I don't see him repeating what he did this year. I think McKenzie actually could get better. Yeah, they're both going to be pretty good, I think. But yeah, all right. Uh, kiss or kick the Cubs spending enough money to be relevant in the NL Central in 2023? Uh, I'll kiss it because of the division. Yeah, their division's not very good. I don't think I know the Cardinals just keep winning it, um, but I I don't think Arenado is going to stick around. I think he's gone after this year, and Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh. Uh, the Brewers are good. Cincinnati's bad. Cincinnati, Cincinnati. Although they've got some young talent, but but the Cubs have shown before they will go out and spend money if they think it's going to help. So yeah, I'll kiss that. I think they can get back in the mix if they make the right moves. I have a bonus kiss or kick. Bonus. This will kick the Padres trading Fernando Tatis Jr. this offseason. Or before the trade deadline next season, if you want to go a little further so he actually gets to play some games again. No, I'll kick it. Um, Just because, first off, trades in baseball with superstars are, they don't happen all that often. Is he a superstar? Yeah, I think he is. Regardless, I know he's been hurt a lot. He's now apparently using PEDs, but but yeah, I think he's still a superstar. Like I think he's still he's probably still the most like the most known name in baseball. I feel like. Yeah, but and I think that's fair. I think that's and, that and, a superstar, which which according to Colin Coward, I referenced from, from a per game. From a per game production, I, I think he's a superstar as well. I get that his per game might be less than healthy players per game, uh, but the bottom line is when he's on the field, he's he's a difference maker. Like he's a guy that you have to game plan for in baseball, which is very rare. Um. So here's my concern with him being called a superstar. He has played 84 of 162. 59 to 60, okay, fine. He And he did very well that year. And then this year he played 130 of 162. He was injured for, what, about 20 of those before he got suspended for the PEDs or 25 of those before he got suspended for the PEDs. Right. And now he has a PED strike against him. So if he is to pop again for PEDs. He misses a full season. And then, of course, the third PED suspension eliminates him forever. So hey, look, I'll trade him to L.A. We'll take him. We'll, get, we'll, um, give, you, we'll give you Gavin Lux for him tomorrow. <laughs> I've seen Gavin Lux's name in a lot of trade rumors because that guy is always on the trade blog, both in be. real life and in the, in the fantasy world. We'll give, him, we'll give him Lux and Bellinger tomorrow for – Tatis. So, let's see here. Here's the. I just think that 
the Padres are not going to give him up for any less value. They're not worried about the PED. They're not forget the injury thing. They're going to, they value him as a top three player in baseball and they're not going to trade him for any less than that. And I don't see any teams giving up that kind of value for him, given the injury history, the PEDs, et cetera. Well, I think that's the thing. That though is why I don't know. Like, I think if you're going by simply name recognition, he's a superstar. But I think in if you actually break it down statistically, he's not a superstar because, like, let me if I'm you, you can't you, ignore the fact that he has missed thirty percent of the games he was supposed to play. Let me, in his career. one of your favorite shortstops, and I Tatis probably I know in. If he comes back, he's transitioning to the outfield for San Diego. But uh, for uh, Bobachet, mm-hmm. I give him up a hundred times out of a hundred times for Tatis all day. If I'm the Blue Jays, I know you would disagree with that. I wouldn't, and it, it's not even because I don't like Tatis. But so let's compare numbers real quick. So Tatis has played in seventy percent of the games that he should have played in, right? Of course, I am a Bobochet owner, so I love Bobochet. Well, he's great. I, I love him too. So, is his in twenty nineteen? He played forty six games. Bobochet did, but that's because he came up late in the year. He only played in half of the games in twenty twenty, so that's a little concerning. But the last two years, he's played one fifty nine, one fifty nine. Mm-hmm. So that means even if he, if you say that, so he played what. 162, 162, that's 60. <laughs> this is great radio, I know. Yeah, let's let's talk about backdraft. <laughs> All right, next yeah. up we have <laughs> trades. <laughs> we get it. Uh, you, you like Bachette more, like to see more. Okay. Well, here's the thing. Bachette has, since 2020, so in his three years that he was a full-time player, supposed to be a full-time player, he has missed 10% of his games. He's played in 347 of 384 games. And Tatis has played in 70% of the games that he was supposed to play over that same stretch. Yeah. Including missing games now because of PD. And, of course, he's going to start next year by missing with the first 55 games or something like that. Yeah, but you know he's willing to cheat to get to the top, so he's going to. And of course, and of course, being from where he's from, they're a little ahead of the system, so you can cheat a couple of times to, to get so it. He just needs a Aaron Judge or Albert <laughs> Let's talk about trades. I'm ready. I've been waiting to talk about trades for like ten minutes, but you keep bringing up Tatis and getting me fired up. All right, a couple of, a couple of football trades and twelve angry Miller. You, you, sir, get Landry from Villain Enterprises for a second, a third, and a fourth. Uh, Miller, I usually love your trades. I don't know that Landry's worth the fourth, but you gave a second, third, and fourth. That's okay, I guess. I, I, I'm just not a Landry guy. Yeah, I, think he, yeah, I think he's like $35 net league or I something. Mean, so. I, didn't, I didn't love this trade, but uh, let's be honest. If I want that second, third, and fourth back, I can get it back. Probably for Landry. In the offseason. No. It's fine. And I think Landry might be the only healthy receiver they have this week, so he'll probably put up 25 points for the Saints. But he's not, I don't think he's playing this week, to be honest. So, because I just saw Olave's out now. So, no Michael Thomas, no Landry, no um, 
Alave. Uh, who are they going to throw the ball to? Traquan Smith, I guess. Uh, next up, I get Chubb, Mixon, and Metcalf from Buggy for four firsts, a second, and Kelvin Ridley. A lot going on there. Um, obviously, in, in the short term, you win this deal. And you being my biggest competitor, I almost uh, vetoed this trade. I mean, in reality, overall, it's probably fine. It's probably close to fair. But two of the first were villains, so I, you know, they might be decent yes, which, first, which are probably top three picks. Um, and it, but two were mine, I think. So those will be late first. It wasn't easy giving up villains picks, but when he uh, said this, well, actually, so you gave up one of the bears. Yeah, but he's a good team. So it'll be a late mid, mid to late first. One of villains, one of Snyder Doors. Those will both be probably early picks. Yours is going to be late. And then the second you gave up is Brady's house, which is the way he's going. It'll be early it'll, first. It'll probably be an early second. Early second, sorry, yeah. And Ridley, look, Ridley could come he's back and be good. He could come back and be good. Or he could be suspended forever. He but, he's going to keep betting on games. He may never, may never play football again, but um, – I couldn't not. He sent this to me. I couldn't not take it. You know I, what I, mean? I agree 100%. And then, I, then he put Waddle on the block. So I sent Waddle for my 2025th uh, first and some and two-thirds. And then he messaged me and he's like, why 2025? I'm like, bro, I don't got a pick until 2025. <laughs> yeah, I can't make many more moves because I now have no picks either in that league. But I'm already a good team, so to add – it's just yeah. Well, I wanted to add Waddle just because I need depth in that league. So giving up a twenty twenty five first, whatever, I don't care about that. I offered I get I offered him what you're saying. I think a twenty twenty five first and Deontay Johnson for Waddle. I'm surprised he rejected that. And he didn't take it. So that was my that's all I had. Next up, Allen and Diggs gives NF Way a second for Boone and Robert Woods. Whatever. Uh, next I, up, I actually like that for Allen and Diggs. I don't know that's going to help him win, but I, whatever. Yeah. yeah, I mean Boone is a free agent, but a second for Robert Woods is really what it comes down to, and that's okay. I'm okay with that. Uh, I gave the Bears Mike Evans and a second for Gallup in two seconds. I did. I hated this for me. I only did it because of the trade I made above. I was going to have to cut a lot of cap. And Mike Evans at 68, and I've got a lot of wide receivers. That was the – I had to move Mike Evans for what I could. Yeah, I thought you did fine because I knew why you made this trade. I mean, he wins the deal probably at the end of the day, but I thought it was a fine trade for you, especially when Dak's back because Dak and Gallup seem to have a connection. I had to, Yeah, I had to move him or the $81 Hopkins, and Evans was a little easier to move. So that was pretty much it for the football leagues. There might, I think, there was a couple others in other leagues where it was just picks and stuff. And but who cares? Next up, basketball. There were a couple decent ones here. Uh, I gave Savage, uh, Carl Anthony Towns, Christian Wood a first, and Jacob Podel, Podel for Markinen, Fultz, Donovan Mitchell. I'm going to tell you right now, I did not love this for me. I only did it because. I've got Garland. I wanted Mitchell. I wanted the the, the Cavs back court because I think they're going to be pretty good. And I figured at some point 
I can maybe trade Mitchell to Round Mound, who is a Cleveland fan, for more than he's worth. No, I, I mean, I, I thought it was fairly close. I did like it a little more for his side than yours, but your team's so good that it's probably not going to hurt you at all. So, and Carl Anthony Towns probably won't be healthy. So that was the other piece too. Was the injury history with 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 Cat? Next up, Savage gives Suga Wendell Carter Sangin from the Rockets, I believe, mm-hmm. and De- D'Angelo Russell for Jared Vanderbilt, um, Booker, and DeAndre Ayton. I actually like this deal for Savage, although I know why Suga did it. Uh, he saved a little bit of cap, and Ayton never stays healthy. Yeah, so, okay, Savage gave Suga Carter Sangin. I know Savage was really big on Sangin. I like, I tried getting Sangin a couple times because um, I think he's – with Wood out of there, he's going to be pretty decent. Um, but I like Aiton a lot. Uh, I like Booker a lot. Vanderbilt, we'll see. He's a work in, in progress. But Next up, Savage gives you – He's he's been working it. Savage gives you Christian Wood and Wiggins for Sexton and Terry Eason. Uh, I liked this for you, but I'm a big Christian Wood fan, and I think Wiggins will be, you know, he's going to get you 40, 45 points. He's not going to get you 60, uh, but he's in the 40 range for sure. I do like Sexton, but Terry Eason, uh, I, I didn't fully. I was going to have to cut Eason. Yeah, I didn't fully understand this deal for for Savage with getting basically wooden Wiggins he gave up for Sexton. And he had been trying to get wood from me for a long time, so I didn't know why he... He was trying to get Sexton from me for a while, too, and then he finally sent this, which is very close to a deal I sent to him, but it's not wasn't exactly, exactly it. I didn't think he would trade wood, so I wasn't even trying to get wood. Then all of a sudden he sent it to me. So He's been active, though. Uh, and then the last one in there, uh, there was a recent one, I think, that I don't have on here where Savage traded Robert Williams for nobody. Uh, yeah, but he, he, he basically said that, that that deal was sitting there for two weeks and he forgot about he it. For, he yeah. canceled it. Yeah. That's what he told me. Uh, the last one we have here, Bayheim gives Savage John Collins for Bagley and what will amount to a late first. I don't know what Bayheim's doing here. I, this was the worst deal of the night. Uh, John Collins, young player, average. His floor is about forty-five, with potential for fifty-five. I think, to 60. I, think I think he could get 60, 65, 50, Fifty-five to sixty, right? Bagley shouldn't be on a roster, to be honest. Uh, he shouldn't be that good. In a late first, I, I have no idea what Bayheim's doing here. I didn't get this at all. I think he probably just got caught up in the moment and the fact that he wanted to make a trade, and here we are. So then just a couple left. Hockey League, not much to talk about, but um, Tyler Ennis gives you Connor Geeky for Knetsoff, uh whatever. Uh, yeah, I, was, uh, I, I, I lost this deal, I'm pretty sure, because cuts him off. He's probably going to average you know three points a game this year. I doubt it. Geeky, Geeky is about five years away from playing in, in the pros, uh, but I need a minor leaguer. And uh, I mean, I saved $20 in cap, whatever. It is what it is. Yeah. And Tyler Ennis gives Owen, uh, I believe, Scotty, uh, Drake Batherson for Kecko, Toffoli, and Bertuzzi. So 
Baderson is the best player in this deal, although I didn't quite understand it from Owens uh, why he did it, because he's been trying to get guys like Toffoli and Bertuzzi, like veteran players. Um, He did this because, of course, Enos was his team, and he worked really hard to get Baderson from Suga last year. So he really wanted Baderson, and he couldn't get the previous owner that was owning Enos uh, to trade with him. Although Scott almost pulled the fast one on everyone. He almost convinced Enos to take over the roster he currently has so he could have that roster back that he had built over the last couple of years. Gotcha. But uh, Enos would only do it if Scott paid for half his buy-in, and Scott said no. Gotcha. So... But they I mean, came really, they came really close to flip flopping rosters. The deal is fine. Like I said, Baderson is probably the best player in the deal long term, so it's all good. That's that's really it. That's all we got going on. Uh, I mean, you guys just made a trade tonight. That was a big, big blockbuster that I had to approve. <laughs> yeah, uh, blockbuster. We got Perfetti for a second, and Larry Hughes, the old Cleveland Cavs guard. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Luke, Luke Hughes. It, it, I know. It says here, uh, defender, which Larry Hughes is not. <laughs> um, no, so that was that. Uh, nostalgia stories, got anything for that? I don't. I gave, right, you my, so, <laughs> I gave you my Friday the 13th nostalgic story. That was it. Uh, all, yeah. I have something real quick here, and it's not really a nostalgic story. My son and I were playing FIFA today. Oh, you got FIFA? Uh, I, 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 did, I, did, I did not get 23 yet. We were playing 22. Oh, goodness. Uh, I'm waiting on 23. I'm trying, I'm trying to get a new system. So, gotcha. Uh, okay. So I, I'm holding off. on. That's why I didn't get the new Madden yet. I haven't got FIFA. I haven't got yeah. any of the new ones yet because I'm, I'm trying to get a new system. So, um, so we're playing FIFA. And you remember I was always England because I love Michael Owen. Right, and every once in a while I got a little aggressive near the goalie, and I would slide, take out the goalie, get <laughs> yeah. a red card, right? And then, yeah. of course, we were usually playing the tournament format, seven mains, my goal and miss, however much time was left in that game, plus the next two. So I was playing with my son today, and uh, I was the USA, and he was Germany. And I obviously didn't have a Michael Owen type player. Um because Christian was actually not even on the active roster because he kept skipping that that section where I could have promoted him. Uh, he was being <laughs> intentionally. So uh, he's Germany. I'm the U.S. I get three red cards basically by doing that exact move where I kept sliding into the goalie. Nice. <laughs> so I have eight guys. I am losing four to two. I tie the game up, send it to Golden Goal. <laughs> and then he scores and celebrates all around the living room. So then I challenge him and I say, all right, let's switch teams. You get to be the U.S., I'll be Germany. So we switch, we switch teams, and he's beating me 2 nothing with the U.S. Uh, he, of course, promotes Christian. He scores a goal in the first two minutes. And then I, I end up with an own goal. My goalie tried to take the ball off my defender's foot and put it in the goal like 10 minutes in. So I'm down 2 nothing in the first 10 minutes. So he's talking all sorts of crap. He's getting all excited. 
Then I get two red cards because at this point I'm frustrated. <laughs> so now I'm playing 9v11. <laughs> I tie the game up before halftime. I come out in the second half and I just constant pressure, pressure, pressure. It's 3-2, to two, it's 4-2, to two, it's 5-2. to two. He quits the game. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it really brought me back to those days in your basement, though, where, you know, we'd have those back and forth games. I'd have that moment where I'd take my goal and slide them into someone's goalie that I wouldn't have for the next two games. Yeah. I'd end up losing those games, get frustrated, you know. Um, so it, it was it was it was fun and, you know, kind of nostalgic. We also played a little 1v1 in the 18 on, on uh, soccer field today. Uh, I am very much not in shape like my son is. My ankles <laughs> do not hold up. I beat him the first game 5-2, to two, and then he beat me in a PK shootout and then beat me the second game 3-1, to one. Uh, mostly because I am lazy and don't want to dive on the ground. <laughs> And he was diving everywhere, like his pants, his shirt, his arms, all covered in grass yeah, and, sure. and dirt. And I was like, yeah, if I was still your age, you know, I would be doing the same thing. I am not. I have to go to work on Monday. So <laughs> <laughs> so I, I digress. A couple, a couple of things that reminded me of our childhood and took me back that were a lot of fun. Um, so we can get out of here. I know we've been on here for about an hour longer than we thought we were going to be. So. Yeah, let's get out of here. What's the score of the game? What inning are we in? Top of the seventh, two zero. LA still. Yeah, still LA. That's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. I, I mean, I, I would, I would be cheering a lot more for a game five if it was Monday tomorrow and not, you know, Bills Chiefs and. Uh, It'll be after that. It'll be okay. I know you're a big Cooper Rush fan, but it'll be okay. All right. I have no idea if we'll do the show again, but. Uh, All right. See you soon. I don't know. I don't know if you can do it next week. I might be able to. I have a wedding, but I think I'll be home, you know, by 10. So. Sounds good. All right. Sounds congrats, good, brother. Congrats on your engagement. And... <laughs> it's not my engagement. <laughs> All right. All right. Later, brother. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Sports Fantasies with Miller and McCarty. Bye-bye. And be sure to catch future shows wherever you stream. Bye-bye now.